If you know me well, or as you get to know me, you'll find out that I love visuals, especially ones that tell stories. My brother Paul, he's a great visual person when he tells you a story. He's a, that's what he's trained to do, is to tell stories to doctors, to get them to see how they can be better doctors. Here's one for you. I want you to look at something. Watch this. We're going to continue tonight speaking about love in 1 John. Who is love? Anybody know the answer to that? Jesus is love. God is love. Tells us in Scripture, right? Is love here at this moment or does it leave or dissipate as soon as, it, as it's released? Does your love dissipate as it's released? Hopefully not. Last week, Patrick spoke on spiritual discernment, testing the spirits, knowing how to rebuke false teaching, and knowing the Spirit of God personally. Tonight, we're going to learn that God is love, and through relationship, we can come to know God firsthand. Don't let the love of Christ dissipate from you. Just catch that breath one more time. It'll start stinking up here in a minute, but the, the point is, is that don't let that go away. Don't let it go away. Put it in your heart. Put it in your heart. Love begins with being born again of God. You believe that? You believe that? Does anyone like acronyms? Anybody know what an acronym is? Acronyms are like if I give you a word, each letter stands for something. Love. Here's one for you. Loyal for L. Obedient for O, V for victorious, E for encourage. Being loyal to the Father, having true allegiance to the King of Kings, living an obedient life, submitting willingly to His plans, understanding that victorious living involves fixing our eyes on Jesus. Encouraging others as we lead or led by the Holy Spirit. Living in obedience now for a victorious eternity. Or what about this one? Listen, overlook, value, express. We should be good listeners rather than always talking. That's what my wife tells me all the time. I like to talk a lot, right? It is always good to overlook the faults of others. Just like Jesus did when he died for us while we were yet sinners. Valuing others is putting their needs ahead of my own. Basically avoiding selfishness. And lastly, we should express our care and love for others. 
Here's the one right here, guys. Living obediently, valuing eternity. Living life begins when love is born in me so that I choose to obediently serve the King of Kings, valuing his word and having a relationship with him that will last. Not for just now. Not just like that spray did. For eternity. Mm. Here's my favorite one. See if you like this one. Living life obediently, realizing there is a victorious eternity coming. I get excited about getting to know Jesus now so it's revealed what my real relationship is going to be like when I get there. I don't know about you, but I look at some of the saints in here, and I'm glad I'm a saint instead of an ain't. I look at the saints in here that come faithfully. One of my favorite saints in here, Brother Burt, but one of my other favorite ones is Dan Varney. Dan's taught me more about life in the few years I've known him than most men teach in a lifetime. I've known Dan for about 15 years. Maybe not quite that long. I've been here 17 years. But Dan was at uh, Faith Bible before Living Truth merged. I want to read the scripture to you now. I want to stay on point because I'm doing good so far. So if you'll turn the scripture to 1 John, and it is 4 through 4, uh, 7 through 12. If you don't mind, you can stay seated. You don't have to get up tonight, but I just want you to thank the good Lord for what his word says in advance. So it says in verse 7, the scripture, my scripture starts out with the title, God is love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8, the one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. It must be pretty important he said it twice. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Verse 10, and this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. In verse 12, no one has beheld God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Let us pray again real quick. Lord, the scripture has been read. Lord, I pray that you pour into our hearts tonight exactly what that scripture means and how we are to apply it to our lives so we can love like you love. Help us to have the attributes, the availability, Lord, to get rid of all of our brokenness, all of our frustrations, all of our um, 
preconceived wrong thinking, Lord, so we can have a heart that is willing to be obediently to serve you so we can learn how to love like you love, Lord. We just ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Point number one tonight. Life begins when we come to know God. And before that, we don't really know what life's about. We think we do. We hope we do. We search for things. But until we know the Savior firsthand, it's really hard to know how to matriculate in this life, as my dad would say. You, we, we, get, we, get, uh, we run into a lot of trees until that point. Even when we know him, don't get me wrong, we still run into a lot of trees. It just doesn't hurt as bad. We have a, a different way to deal with pain. There's a lot of people that are hurting today, guys. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of illnesses out there. There's a lot of things. But there's joy in the world because there's new birth coming. There's new life coming. There's new hope coming. There's, new, there's a new avenue to come. There's a new way to go. It is the way of Jesus Christ. Choose that way, guys. That way will always lead to the right way. Life begins when we come to know God. Verse 7, if you go back there, it says, when, it says love is born. What does that mean? That means brought to life. You experience life on a different level when you come to know God, when you start serving him the way he intended for you to serve him, the way he created you. Isn't it amazing? God is so good in his, his the way he delivers himself to you. He has been seeking you your whole life. You may have been running for a long time, but I can tell you somebody like Dan Varney has been serving the Lord. My brother Bert has been serving the Lord. Every time I see brother Bert, if you don't know him, the first words that will come out of his mouth are, what are they, brother Bert? Praise the Lord. In other words, look at everything as a psalm of a praise to him. And then everything on the Proverbs level, on the wisdom of life, will start making sense. Put them together and you got the cross, the cross that Jesus Christ died on, the cross that he gave his blood on, the cross that he poured out his love on, and his love is available to you nonstop, 24-7. If you're going through something right now, I pray you don't leave that way tonight, that you have me pray for you, somebody else pray for you. Get Dan, get Brother Burke, get my wife to pray for you. Somebody wants to pray for you tonight. Somebody wants to give you that hope that they've already been given. Second Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. A fear of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. For those born again God has implanted love in them. He's implanted it in you. Don't hold on to it. Give it away. You give it away, you'll get back more. If we know God, point number two, if we know God, 
the fruit that we produce will be obvious. Verse 8, it says, God is love. We should not expect ones that we witness to, to know God, or excuse me, to know love if they don't know God. Don't have your expectation level up here when it needs to be checked in your pocket. I'm talking about myself. One of the hardest ones to not have expectations are toward are your wife, your spouse, your children, those closest to you. It's really easy to be judgmental. Kick it out the door. Doesn't belong here anymore. God wants to replace that judgment with the love of Jesus Christ. Galatians 5.22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Ouch. Some of those are hard to even say when we struggle with them. Point number three. Go to verse nine. And in verse nine it says, By this, the love of God was manifested. What's a big word for me? Manifested. Manifested. Think about that word a minute. In us, the love of God will be manifested. Anybody know what that word is? Made known. Through his son, Jesus Christ. How is it manifested? Manifested in the past for sinners. Manifested in the present for saints. Manifested in the future at the day of judgment. When we really see love, guys, when we can see it face to face, remember, nobody's ever seen God face to face. Moses saw his back and got about burned up. He came out with the glow. I want to look like that dress that Lori has on, that shirt that back there that that young man has on. I want to be red like that all the time with complexion of love. I want to be that reflection, that deflection of Jesus Christ out of me. If I can do that, guys, I believe someday I'll hear these words that all of us want to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's not, that's not a, a jealous thought. That's a hopeful thought. Because I want to be transformed. I don't want to be that old person that Paul Hicks was. That people, some people still don't like. You think you're ever going to please everybody? Uh-uh. It ain't going to happen. And especially some of those closest to us. I'm just saying. Point number three was that manifested. John 3.16. Anybody know that scripture? It's pretty... It's pretty a, Pretty amazing scripture, isn't it? If you, if you look at the way verse 10 does, it said, Jesus, the Son of God, excuse me, verse 9, it says, by this the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten Son. Begotten, when I was a little kid, I'd accidentally say forgotten. 
Now, the teacher would say, that's not quite the way it is, Paul. Begotten means only son. He is the son of the Lord. He came in the, he came to this earth as a man and God. He didn't make mistakes. If you're looking for an example, don't look anywhere else. Look to the Savior. He's got your whole world in his hand. He's got the little bitty baby in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. Thank you, Shane, for allowing me to do that. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, will not perish, but have the best answer of all, eternal life with the Father. Jesus was the only person to be born of a mortal mother, Mary, and an immortal father, God the Father. That is why God, Jesus is called the only begotten Son of God. From the Father, he inherited divine powers. I want you to turn to John 10, 17 through 18. Just a few chapters back, just to let you know how important love is in the, in the gospel of John. It's about 56 times John talks about it. In, the first John, in 1 John, he talks about it about another 40 times, 38 times, something like that. You think the combination of that is not important, that he's trying to get the message across? We are so hard-headed. We are so hard-hearted. He needs to repeat it a number of times. So if you'll turn to uh, John 10, 17 through 18, I would like to read that to you. It's a really amazing scripture, and it is going to knock your socks off. 17, and this is in the NASB. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. 18, no one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. The commandment I received from my Father. Isn't that beautiful? He did what he was asked to do. Are you doing what he's asking you to do? Point number four. <laughs> Point number four. The central theme of the Bible revolves around the word. Anybody have a guess? Propitiation, the central theme. That's a hard word for me to say, and I almost spit out every time I say it. Propitiation, the Greek word for that. I thought you'd like me to throw a little flair in here. Halismos, halismos. It's a big word that means satisfaction. To pardon and bless the sinner. You feel blessed, you feel pardoned, 
You are a prisoner that has been released from your chains. You no longer have to have the chains that you once had. You don't have to go back and get them again. They're too heavy. They're too cumbersome. They don't allow you to do his will. Please don't take it back. Give them away. If you find you have a chain this week, cut it off. Ask the Father to replace it with something of his. Because God is holy God, his anger and justice burns against sin. And he has sworn that sin will be punished. Isn't it a good idea that sin's punished and not you? He's forgiven you guys. Have you forgiven yourself? So that you can love like he loves. I'm not going to cry tonight. Can you believe that? I promised my wife I would not do that. So, so far we're, we're batting, we're on point four or six, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. There must be a satisfactory payment for sin. Anybody got anything to pay for sin? Other than Jesus? But God said, if I punish man for his sin, man will die and go to hell. On the other hand, if I don't punish man for his sin, my justice will never be satisfied. What is the solution? The solution. God said that we, he would become our substitute. He would take the sin of mankind upon himself in agony and blood a righteous judgment and substitute for sin. His wrath burned out on the cross when his only son died as man's propitiation for sin, and this is love. Romans 5, 8 through 10. Would you please turn there, please? But God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been, now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Point number five. If you go to verse 11, back in our scripture, back in uh, 1 John 4, it's verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Did he give us a command there, guys? He didn't just say, oh, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love ourselves. Uh -uh. He didn't say that. He said we ought to love one another. Well, it's something that's not, just think about yourself as a deflector. You're just taking it in and you're giving it out. You're taking it in and you're giving it out. There's a commandment in verse 11. If God loved us is really not a question. If. A lot of times we hear the word if, we think it's a question. It's really not. It's really a, meant to be understood as sense. Kind of interesting, isn't it? 
if should be since. Since God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die to cover the cost of our sins, we should offer a similar response by loving others. Just as Jesus offered unconditional love through his sacrifice, believers are to offer similar love based on God's example rather than our feelings or actions of others. What do we base a lot of things on, guys? We base it on our feelings. You know, we get into this emotional thing where if someone doesn't say hi to me at church, I got a couple of those right now that people just don't really care about seeing me when I come their way. I can take it really personally, or I can just say, Lord, I'm going to pray to you about that. I'm going to pray in a way that you're going to change me, you're not going to change that other person. You're just going to change me. You're going to just flatten my heart out. You're going to take it out and do a little heart surgery. You're going to put it back in, and I'm going to be okay with that. And I'm going to be better because of that. There's a number of people in this room that I would like to just get to know better. I'd like to pick up some of your attributes that you already have, that you may not even know you have, that you are just sitting there like a budding flower that's just fixing to burst forth, and it's going to pour into somebody else, and it's going to be a beautiful thing. My wife loves flowers. If you ever want to feel good sometimes, just bring her flowers. She'd like that. Flowers are beautiful, but they only last for a period of time. Our love can last for an eternity. I want you to turn to Colossians 3, 13. This is a really good one. They're all good, but some are just just. Get a little dagger in my heart here. Just do a little heart surgery with me, Lord, so I can get the full impact of this. Colossians 3.13 says this. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take this and make this your verse this week. I want you to dig into it, and I want you to allow your heart to feel what this verse says. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so you should also gulp. It's hard sometimes, guys, because we are people. We are sinful people. We are always on that sanctification roller coaster. What I mean by that is God's crafting us so we don't go wild and jump the track and do our own course through the woods when we need to stay on the track. And that sanctification process is for your good. It's for your good. He wants to work on you and just kind of make your engine run better. I got a door at home that drives me nuts. I got to put silicone on it all the time, and it's always jumping off. My dog wants to go out to go to the bathroom. I'm trying to open the door up, and it just is frustrating because I hit my head. In the, I mean, I'm just... So my wife just says, why don't you just go clean the track, put a little bit of new silicone in it, and it works perfectly. When we're in his track, we function like he did. Describe like he defined, like he made us. 
There's no better way to be than to be in God's lane, to be in his footsteps, to walk like he walked, to know him, to, to, to get to know him like he asked you to do that morning. When you wake up tomorrow, just fall on your knees or wherever you're at and say, Lord, I hadn't got up yet. I haven't had a chance to even have a bad thought yet. I want to be in your thought. Take me, use me. Use me. Almost, not quite. Verse 12. I think I told you that that was point five. We're getting to point six here. Um, Verse 12 says this, as a result of loving others, we will fulfill the commandment. If you love others, then you've fulfilled a couple of commandments. First, he asks us to love him first and then to love our neighbor as ourself. Love the unlovable and amazing things will happen to your heart. If someone is mean to you, just put that that thought out of your mind and just experience this for a moment. A lady was cussing me out on the phone the other day, and I just said, I'm sorry you're you're having a tough time with this. I, I wish I could do anything I could do for you. I didn't try to bite her back. I didn't try to do anything. I just listened to her, and I just said, I'm so sorry that this has happened to you, and I just want you to forgive me. And she just quit. It changed. It made her respond in a way that she said, thank you. Guys, there is something that God's love does to us. It just makes this grow. And when you get selfish, it starts shrinking. But when, when, when you get, get him in you, I don't know about you, but I just, I get, I get a little bit excited. Woo! Exodus. We're going to go to Exodus. This is the first time we've gone to the book of Exodus. Go to Exodus real quick. This is really good. We're in Exodus on Sundays. If you really want to come and get motivated and, oh, oh man, I'm telling you what, Shane has been preaching like, I don't know about you, but I, I see the next Mr. Michael coming up. I just see it. But if you really want to get a taste of what the people that was a little bit stubborn, that became obedient through a lot of cracking of heads, that complained the whole way through it, had to be drugged by chains to get to where they're going. Moses couldn't do it. Took Joshua and Caleb to do it. We're going to learn a little bit about this this group of people. uh, Excuse me, Exodus 33, and it's chapter, excuse me, 33, and verses uh, 18 through 23. Now, anybody get that? Yeah, so it's like I I gave you about 14 different numbers. So it is Exodus 33, 18 through 23. Okay, so here we go. Then Moses said, I pray thee, show me thy glory. Anybody remember this scene? He said, I want to see you, Lord. I want to see you. But then in 19, he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you. 
God says, I'll pass it before you, but you're not going to see my face. He goes on to say, and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to you whom, uh, to whom I will be gracious and will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. He didn't get it by just telling him once. He had to tell him twice. I'll show compassion on who I want to show compassion on. I'll be gracious to who I want to show, be gracious to. You get it? Uh, 20 says, but he said, you cannot see my face, for no man can see me and live. Then the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me, and you shall stand there on the rock, and it will come about while my glory is passing by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Do you remember, anybody remember the, uh, the, the old hymn, Cleft of the Rock? Then I will take my hand away, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. God is going to show you his face at the right time. In the meantime, be the reflection that you need to be. And be okay with that. However God's love allows humanity to see him through the actions of his people, when we have a thorough, complex experience of walking in God's love, we demonstrate to him to our we, we demonstrate him to ourselves and to others. When we have a thorough, complete experience of walking in God's love, we demonstrate him to ourselves and to others. Point number six. We're on the downhill. Sanctification, that's what I like right there. I don't like it when it's happening, but I know it's best for me. I gave up the ghost. I can say I've been married to my lovely wife for 24 years this year. And I can't wait to get to the silver that's next year. You know, there's certain milestones in our, in our lives that we do look to to see us growing in Christ. When you start to know, and I could interview a number of you in here, Dan and Brother Bird. I got so many people here I like. I like you all, but I, I just know that you influence my life. You have changed my life because I know Jesus Christ is sold out in your heart. You have put a place in your heart that is reserved only for Jesus. Point number six, sanctification is a lifetime of God's process of crafting us into, the, <laughs> into his likeness. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, his love is perfected in us because he is what? He is love. How stupendous it is that we must be God's answer to man's need to see him. We are God's answer to help others see Jesus. Don't ever forget that. You're in this house tonight. You believe Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Then you're one of his instruments he needs to use. He, he doesn't need to. He wants to. He is ecstatic that you're on his team. 
And finally, this means God's love is in us, has achieved its goal. All right, I got a couple of good stories for you now. God the Father showed us his unconditional love for each of us at the cross. Nothing demonstrates that love more powerfully. One more scripture. Ephesians 3, 17 and 18. If you'll turn there, I'll read that. I'll read a love story. Everybody wants to hear a good love story, uh, especially ladies in the house. So 3, 17 through eight, uh, 21 says this. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints that is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power and works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Take that to the bank, that scripture. That's yours. That's your gift. A blind man's love story. A man married a beautiful girl. He, had, he loved her very much. One day, she developed a skin disease. Slowly, she started to lose her beauty. It so happened that her husband had to go out of town on a tour for work. While returning, he was involved in an accident which caused him to lose his eyesight. However, their married life continued as usual, but as days passed by, her disease took away more and more of her beauty. The blind husband did not know this, and there was not any difference in their married life. He continued to love her, and she also loved him very much. One day, she died. Her death brought him great sorrow. He finished all of her last rites, and he wanted to leave that, the town in which they lived. An acquaintance came up to him at the funeral and asked him how he would be able to take care of himself now since his wife had been his eyes for him. She has helped you for many years. This is his reply. I am not blind. I was acting because if she knew I could see her skin condition due to her disease, it would have pained her more than the disease. I didn't love her for her beauty alone, but I fell in love with her caring and loving nature. So I pretended to be blind. I only wanted her to be happy and not lose hope. The moral of the story. When you truly love someone unconditionally, you will go to any extent to keep your loved one full of joy and to help them feel loved. 
Sometimes, if not most of the time, it is good for us to act blind so we don't focus on their shortcomings. Beauty will fade with time, but heart and soul will just get better and better. Lord God, help me to love others like you love me. You missed it a while ago. Denise prayed that prayer, and everybody in that room in there was a ball of tears because she opened her heart up to say, Lord, teach me to love like you love. I got three minutes, and I'm so glad I got through this without crying. I don't think I've ever done that before, but... I'm going to pray now, and I just want to say thank you for your, your thoughtfulness, praying for me while I was up here. Thank you for your attention in the fact that God had a message for you tonight. God has a message that he doesn't want this night to end. He wants it to go into your heart, and he wants you to explode the minute you go out that door because somebody outside that door needs to see the love of Jesus. Would you pray? Father God, you gave us perfectly the example for all of us to use as our barometer of love. You gave us Jesus Christ. You gave us love. Help us, Lord, in our daily walk to love like we are instructed in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5. Because love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act disgracefully. It does not seek its own benefit. It is not provoked. It does not keep an account of a wrong suffered. Lord, help us as we learn to follow the guidelines you have given us as we go forward loving you and loving our brothers and sisters. In the name of Jesus, I pray, and all of God's children said,